You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronas here for one more hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can catch all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. Follow me on Twitter, at Adam Ronis, on the gram, at Aaron88. A couple of things uh, regarding the site. Uh, I finished as the number two ranker for the 2018 season, according to Fantasy Pros for draft accuracy. So if you want to get access to those rankings for this upcoming season so you could dominate your draft, head on over to ScoutFantasySports.com. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. Uh, The rankings are updated in real time as injury news breaks. So I've already removed Salvador Perez from the rankings, even though it's not official yet. He's going to get a second opinion tomorrow on whether he needs Tommy John surgery. But all indications are that he will likely miss this season. So I've taken him out, but you can get all the updates to those rankings uh, leading up to your draft day. Uh, and obviously, they were very good last year, so hopefully they will be very good again. Also, my preseason pro picks are out. They were revealed today. Uh, AL and NL sleeper picks. AL, NL offensive bust. Uh, pitching sleepers for each league. Uh, pitching bust for each league. Uh, stash and cash player for each league as well. So get all those picks. Find out why I made my selections. That is up on the site right now. Dr. Roto's preseason pro picks are out. Sean Childs, his picks will come out, uh, I think, this week. Uh, Also, in-depth team profiles from Sean Childs, part of a fantasy baseball draft kit. I have a ton of articles looking at players that have changed teams, what it means for their value, uh, breakout article, uh, breakout pitcher, some busts. So tons of content uh, that you can get as part of the draft kit. You can ask your questions on the message boards in the forums anytime you want. Also, uh, a look at the scouting combine as well from this weekend and uh, dynasty draft boards as well. ScoutDFS.com got you covered for NHL, NBA, PGA, including optimizers and Slack chats leading up to lineup lock, which are key. I'll preview the NBA DFS slate coming up in the final segment of the show. Also, if you want to get in a draft, uh, play FFWC.com. Uh, beat Sean Childs leagues are there. There's uh, six spots left in the $44 one. And what this is is a slow draft. It's four-hour clock. And it's 12-team leagues, 44 rounds. And all you do is draft. After that, you just set your lineup each week, and that is it. You don't have to make any waiver wire moves, no trades, nothing. Uh, and there's also an 88. So one is a $44 entry. The other is 88. And uh, both are beat Sean Childs Leagues with a four-hour clock. So you could head over to playffwc.com right now. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I've been fortunate. The drafts I've been in, they've moved pretty quickly. There's always a couple times where it's stalled out a little bit. But for the most part, people have been uh, pretty good uh, with the the drafts and, and moving pretty quickly. And, again, it's great prep for your uh, real league coming up in a couple weeks. It really gets you to get familiar with the player pool, and it's a lot of fun, and you can win money in the process. So uh, I did well last year. I was in four, won three of them, finished second in the other. So definitely a fun format to, to play in. So uh, head over there now and play playffwc.com to uh, get in a draft today. Season is starting soon. I mean, we are here. It's March 4th, uh, so we know the Japan Series kicks off in 
two weeks from Wednesday, we'll have a real baseball game. Of course, uh, most of the teams open up March 28th, so you do have uh, some time to get set uh, you know, and push your draft a little bit after that as well. Uh, just in case, uh, you know, you don't really have to get it done before the uh, two games. By the way, Ahmad Rosario, we were talking about with Lenny, he was hit by a pitch in the left hand today and left the game. So nothing further on that. Obviously, it's a spring game. They're going to take caution and uh, pull anyone with any type of injury. So uh, if we get an update during the show, we will pass that along. And hopefully it's uh, nothing too serious. Rosario getting pretty good buzz here in fantasy circles. Uh, generally see him go 8th, ninth, 10th round. Uh, Josh Reddick also left uh, today's game. He was hit by a pitch in the right hand. He did stay in to run the bases. Again, probably another cautionary move. As I mentioned at the top, Jimmy Nelson was throwing BP today. Uh, through 20 pitches and no issues. So that's uh, not... Yeah, it's a good sign. At least there was no problems. Uh, definitely a guy that I'm watching here uh, throughout the spring. Uh, maybe you know things could change by draft day. I uh, want to take a look at this Scout 44. Uh, we are in the middle of the draft right now. It is a 30-round draft. So just kind of give you my thoughts as I built my team and some valuations on players. I think that's where the value lies in kind of analyzing these drafts. So in this one at pick nine, started off with Christian Yelich and. It was either Yelich or Ronald Acuna, and I don't have Acuna anywhere, but this is also my first share of Yelich as well, and it was a close call. You know, I kind of do want a share of Acuna just because he's a fun player to watch. He's dynamic, but Yelich is the more proven player, and in my rankings, I do have Yelich one spot higher, so it is close, uh, but Yelich is such as such a high floor. Even if the home run power does not return from what we saw last year, which I don't think many expect 36 home runs again. He just had a ridiculous streak in the second half. He's not an extreme fly ball hitter. His home run of fly ball rate was for an elite power. And he's not elite power. But even if Yelich hits 26, 27, high floor for batting average. He's going to get you some stolen bases. The counting stats are going to be good in that Milwaukee lineup and in that ballpark. So it just gives you a real high floor. So that's why I went with him. Came back in round two and uh, took Alex Bregman who I saw did homer today. Not that that means anything, but Bregman in this league also has third and short eligibility and another player that just kind of contributes across the board. We saw 30 and 100 last year with a good average, excellent Astros offense. So just right there gives me two players with high floors uh, and very good batting average too, which allows me to take some risk on later on. It would exactly what I did, as you'll see. Round three, uh, I was deciding, okay, do I go pitcher here? Or do I take uh, a couple good bats that I liked on the board? And because it's a 12-team league, I think you can be a little bit more liberal on the pitching. And I looked at it and I said, okay, there are three pitchers that I like. Uh, obviously, I have one ranked. Two of them ranked a little bit of tier above the other. So I said, all right, hopefully I can get one of them. And the two teams behind me, three teams behind me, one took a pitcher, the other two didn't. So I said, all right, there's a good chance that, you know, Two of those teams select a pitcher. So you're playing the odds here. So I went with Andrew Benatendi, who usually goes late second round in 15-team leagues. Benatendi's another guy, too, that just kind of contributes across the board. like to see more power, and there is more potential. He's going to hit leadoff in a really good lineup, so he'll score a ton of runs. And, again, that's a category that maybe people don't look at enough. Good averaging will contribute in the stolen base category. So just uh, I got three players so far that are just real solid across the board. And I already have – 
you know, a good amount of stolen bases without overpaying. And, and that's important uh, because you're not only you're not always able to do that. Then in round four, came back with uh, Noah Syndergaard. You know, obviously Trevor Bauer and Carlos Carrasco were the two guys I wanted, but they were off the board. And uh, so I decided to go with Noah Syndergaard. And we all know the upside for Syndergaard. We know that there's risk as well. Uh, you know, did have Syndergaard in a league or two last year. And you know, he's going a little bit later than last year just because of the injury risk. But, you know, he had hand, mouth, foot disease. He had uh, finger injury. So at least it wasn't a shoulder or elbow. And it obviously limited his innings as well, which is a good thing in a season where the Mets were not competitive. So if he can put it all together, he's certainly capable of being a top 10 pitcher if he can stay healthy or even give you 170 innings and get that strikeout rate back up. So uh, that's the pitcher that I wanted. The only other pitcher in that round was Steven Strasburg. Uh, I like Syndergaard better than that. Round five was hoping Xander Bogarts. Scout 44 draft that I recently, well, still going on. We are in the 30th round of this slow draft. And again, if you want to get in one right now, there's still time. There's two beat Sean Childs leagues, uh, Scout 44, Scout 88. Uh, and you can get in there now, uh, four-hour clock. Uh, so I was talking about round five where I really wanted Xander Bogarts. He went one pick before me. Uh, so there were several players on the board and several guys that I could have gone with. Uh, decided to take uh, one of the better offensive players on the board. That's Gene Segura, another guy that's going to give me a high average. Will score a ton of runs. We don't know where he's going to hit in the lineup. That's the one thing with the Phillies right now. I think a lot of people are trying to project what's going to go on with the Phillies because I think they can go in a variety of different directions. But I do think Cigar will probably hit two, possibly lead off, although I would think right now it could be McCutcheon. Cesar Hernandez is banged up with the hip injury. He has been a good OBP guy, but I could see them hitting him eighth uh, with the Bryce Harper addition. But either way, I think Segura is going to uh, do uh, pretty well here and uh, help across the board a little pop as well. So took him there and uh, could move Bregman at third, Segura at short. Uh, on the way back uh, in round six, took my second pitcher, and that was Jamison Tyon. It was two picks away from Mike Clevenger, although I have those guys close. And uh, Tyon, who we talked about with Lenny, uh, I'm with him. I uh, wrote an article on Jamison Tyon in-depth on ScoutFantasySports.com. You know, he was a highly touted prospect, and he finally put it together last season, and he's overcome a lot in his career, and I think this is a guy that can get to 200 innings this year, give you about a strikeout per inning and a solid whip. So I was happy to get him as my second pitcher. Around seven, uh, I, I, he, he falls in every draft, or most of them, and that's Nelson Cruz. I mean, he's in the middle of a really good lineup in Minnesota. I like what they've done. Yes, he's 38 years old, and it's possible. Maybe this is the year Cruz just falls apart, but there's been no indication in his skill set to suggest any decline is coming. And that is the thing, though. Uh, we do see sometimes it's players just fall off a cliff, but Cruz still had a very high hard hit rate, and he's going to be the DH, so that's going to lessen the likelihood for injury in the field. It doesn't mean he can't get hurt. He can get hit by a pitch. He can hurt his hamstring running, but at least you don't have to worry about a collision, the wear and tear of playing the outfield, and you know, these utility-only players tend to go late, especially when they age. We saw it every single year with David Ortiz. So uh, I haven't been able to get too much Nelson Cruz this year because I think in pretty competitive high-stakes things, he is going higher. But seventh round, I will take him all day. Round eight, took David Dahl. Uh, I think he you know, has a breakout season in Coors Field in Colorado. He's 
Been a highly touted prospect for a while. He's 24 years old. He had a great September, nine homers, 27 RBIs. He has a little speed. The biggest question for him, obviously, has been staying on the field. But we know he has a job right now. He is healthy going into the year. So uh, took him in that spot. Uh, round nine, uh, you know, people waited a little bit on closer in this league compared to a lot of others. And I said, okay, uh, stop. Time to stop playing chicken. Time to get a closer. And uh, Felipe Vasquez, who I think could be one of the top closers. There was a little bit of a scare last year where he had some elbow soreness, but he came back and he was firing it 99-100. So I think he's got a great skill set, and I think he's a reliable closer, which we can't say about many. So to get him in round nine was uh, pretty big for me. Uh, you know, I thought I might have been a little light on power at this point. And as I mentioned, I had the high batting average floor early on with guys like Yelich, Bregman, Benintendi, Segura, and even Dahl to an extent. So uh, Joey Gallo, people are reluctant to take him because of the low batting average. And for me, it really depends on the fit. You know, this is a guy that can will hit 40 home runs. He's done it two years in a row. And the batting average is low. Now, if he can only if he can get to 230, 240, that would be pretty big. Uh, I don't know if he can get there, but there's certainly the possibility. So I thought he was a good fit and... He has first base outfield eligibility in this league. And as we mentioned numerous times over the last several weeks, first base is not the deepest position. So I will use Gallo at first base in this format and just he fit this team. To me, Gallo, it really depends on the way you construct your team. If you're punting batting average, obviously he's a fit. Uh, if you are trying to protect the batting average, it's going to be difficult. You need to have a lot of guys early on that hit 290-300 to overcome uh, the potential for him sinking your batting average. Round 11 took Rugnetto Dor. I think he bounces back, man. He's falling a little too far. He had a really good second half. He made adjustments. He walked more. He was swinging at less pitches out of the strike zone. And this is a guy that's hit 30 home runs before. And he can give you double-digit steals. So I uh, like the price on him there in round 11. Uh, I think he's one of the better value at second base this year. And then uh, round 12 took uh, Kyle Hendricks, who, you know, not elite uh, K upside, but I thought I had two guys in front of him that can get strikeouts, but he's going to have a very good whip. He's on a team that is pretty good. He should get the offensive support, so got him as my third pitcher there in round 12. When we return, I'll be joined by Greg Jewett, Fantasy Alarm. He is also a part of the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. We'll talk to him about his team. That is ahead right here. Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. He had Judge fall to him. He had the same pick 10. Judge fell to him in the here, second round. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Again, you can find me, scoutfantasysports.com, our fantasy baseball draft kit. Tons of content. Uh, you can check out my rankings. They're updated in real time. And my preseason pro picks were revealed today. So use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. Joining me now it is a regular, Greg Jewett. You can find him Fantasy Alarm and Rotographs. Greg, what's going on? 
not much. And you guys that were listening to Adam's intro, he was the second-ranked person in the Fantasy Pros Experts, so I think you should be listening to him. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate that. You know, I was wondering because they didn't come out for a long time, and I was like, I feel like I did really well last year. Uh, and I didn't put in the rankings two years ago, uh, but I did in 2018, and I'm like, I, I felt like you know I did very well across my leagues. I had some really good calls. I had Trevor Bauer high, Blake Trinan high. So I was like, I'm curious to see how I did. And then all of a sudden Friday, it came out, and I saw it was second. So uh, yeah, it's a pretty pretty good accomplishment, and uh, I definitely felt like I had a good year last year. Yeah, you put in the work, man. Definitely, man. That's what it's about. And uh, obviously, we are all putting in work right now, the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. And I've talked about my league, uh, the League of Champions, and it has been absolutely brutal. It's one of the toughest drafts I've ever been a part of. And, you know, uh, three of the top 10 rankers are in this league. Obviously, the overall champ, Clay Link from Rotowire, who had a great year last year, not only in the Invitational, but online NFBC. So, very good players. It's been. a mental challenge here but you know what it, it's good prep for you know i'll be in an nfbc auction and all my other leagues uh so it really tests your mind and that's what you want to do at this point i mean obviously there's no money on the line here but a lot of people in the industry and it's a very competitive league and we all want to win whether there's money on the line or not so i think it's a good test for our upcoming drafts here in the next few weeks yeah i totally agree I, i've never sworn oddly so many times in a free draft in my life yeah, I feel the same way, too, and uh, there's been no value at all. I mean, it's crazy. You know, uh, people say, well, I got this guy in round 20. I'm like, he went round 16 in R, so that's basically <laughs> how it's been. Uh, but uh, let's talk about your league. Uh, where, did, where did you pick in the first round, and who did you start with? Um, I went against everything I believe in. I had the 10th pick and figuring that, you know, I had thoughts of the overall dancing in my head because I finished in the top 40 last year after my team fell apart. But um, I took Chris Sale after you and I said we weren't sure if we would take him, but it was him or DeGrom. But I was like, DeGrom's safe, but Sale's upside just, I guess, you know, kind of lured me in, so I went with Sale. I think no one, no one doubts the skills of Sale. I mean, it's obvious what he can do. I think the reason why you're seeing Sale fall is people are a little bit concerned about his health, where he was limited down mm-hmm. the stretch last year. And for years, people have been saying, oh, look at Chris Sale, the pressure he puts on his elbow, he can't stay healthy. Obviously, he's debunked that because he's been one of the more durable pitchers. You know, he had 200, at least 200 innings three straight years before last year's. But even in those 158, I mean, he was dominant. Was there any thought about going to Grom just because of the questions for sales health, or you think it's, he's fine? No, there was definite thoughts. And and especially because I think there's going to be some positive migration on wins for DeGrom this year. I mean, that guy got punished last year with blown leads or losing one zero games. I mean, he's going to get some, he's going to get a windfall of wins, or at least he should be owed by karma. Um, So it was definitely on the docket, but I, I just, you know, again, I just, I just went with the upside because, if there's one guy in that first round that can get 300 strikeouts at sale. Then in round two, you took Bryce Harper. This was obviously before he signed his deal. Uh, I've seen Harper fall even later than this in some leagues. Obviously, this was before the signing. Uh, were you anticipating for sure that he was going to sign with Philly? And how does him landing in Philly change the way you value him right now? Um, I was kind of on team teams, uh, Trevor's story. 
Um, I think you were in the mock that I did. I went sales story, and I kind of liked how my team came out with that template as much as I don't like getting shortstop early because it is a deeper position. But I just figured story with the home runs and stolen bases. Um, and, of course, his average is going to climb back a little bit this year. I think he's more of a 270 hitter than 290. But I thought that would have been a really good foundation. So um, when Harper was still there, I was kind of praying that he would end up in Philly and not one of the other places. So that hopefully will work out. Um, it changes me because when I wrote up his profile, one of the things that intrigued me was he hits fly balls 60% of the time to the opposite field. And I think the shorter porch in left field at Philly will really help uh, boost his power numbers just there. You know, when he pulls the ball, a lot of the times it's a ground ball like most power hitters. But when he goes the opposite way, there's a lot of line drives on loft. So, you know, if he even if he gets like four extra home runs to, to left field this year playing in Citizens Park, I think that boosts his home run total back up to like a 35 to 37 range. So um, I was happy to see him land with Philly, and that kind of justified me taking him there. Then in round three, you took Anthony Rendon, obviously a uh, very solid player across the board, and finally getting his due uh, because – He's not a flashy player. He doesn't do anything particularly well. Then uh, Xander Bogarts in round four, uh, could he improve on what he did last year? Is there some potential power uh, that upside in his bat? There could be a smidge, but you know that's the one pick. If I could have back, I would do it. I should have went Clevenger there and really anchored my pitching staff because I kind of had to search and spackle later on because the the bats kept falling to me. The pitch every time the pitching went by me at ten. It just fell off of the board. So um, that would be the one spot where I would change because I do think I could get not, you know, what Xander Bogars can do, but I could have gotten like Elvis Andrews and Jorge Polanco to, to try and kind of piece that together and match up. I mean, Andrews has fallen way too far in these drafts in my estimation. Talking to Greg Jewett, Fantasy Alarm. In round five, you took Lorenzo Kane. Was this a pick here where you said, okay, I, got, I have to get some stolen bases? Obviously, he provides a high average as well. But was that part of the plan here is to get some steals? Yeah, I was really trying to uh, – I was thinking if I could get, like, Kane and Rendon, that I could take a chance on someone like Joey Gallo, but then I lost out on the chance to get him. So I was trying to build – a base of average, so then I could take a couple of risks. You know, same thing. Like, if I went on Clevenger, then it changes everything that I do there. I might have went Kane and Robles back-to-back, but, you know, you, you know as well as anyone, once you do one thing, it shifts all the rest of your draft. Yes, for sure. There's no question about that. What was your plan with closures going in? Was it flexible? Did you want to get one early? You wound up going with Kenley Jansen in round six. Yeah, I, I was surprised to see him fall there. That was almost like last year when I took Lindor in the late second round. I was like, I can't believe Jansen's still there. I mean, with all of the questions in the air and even like the good closers, you know, Kirby Gates could get traded, Jose Leclerc could get traded midseason. We don't know what these teams are going to do with these guys. It's become such a fluid position that um, I know Kenley Jansen, as long as the heart holds up, can get me 40 saves with really good ratios, and I think people are kind of, overlooking him based on what happened last year. After his slow start, his velocity rebounded, and he was solid as heck. And you know the Dodgers are going to win games. So um, I kind of went with him there, and then all of my targets after him just kept getting plucked off before me. I was hoping to pair him with, like, a Trevor May or somebody like that with upside. But, you know, luckily I write about bullpens enough. I should be able to get guys off of the wire through the year to spackle it together. Joined by Greg Jewett from Fantasy Alarm, talking about his great fantasy baseball invitational draft. 
Uh, we are in separate leagues. He's in League 3, picking number 10. Round 7, you took Travis Shaw. Uh, obviously, we'll have some position flexibility. Uh, what do you see for him this year? Uh, I see a little bounce back in the average. Again, he's not going to be a high average guy, but I think he can get up into the 260s, maybe 270s. Um, and he just provides solid power, and he's in a great lineup. You know, him and Kane, I know, are going to give me counting stats, whereas, you know, you're taking some guy – on a, on a lower-scoring team, you don't know what you're going to get from year to year. But the Brewers in that ballpark are going to score runs, and him having second base and third base uh, really enhances him a little bit, just like Moustakas might get second base eligibility in season. I think that helps both of those guys uh, in drafts coming up. You followed up with Chris Archer, and he's been one of the more frustrating pitchers, I think, over the last few years because – He's a guy that usually gives you innings, although last year he didn't reach 200 for the first time since 2014. His ERA has been above four three straight years, but he also can pile up the strikeouts. Now uh, gets to start the year in Pittsburgh, was traded there last year. Who is the real Chris Archer at this point? Um, I don't know if we're ever going to know, but what I'm hoping is that a full season out of the American League East and the, the bloodbath that that can be at times, um, being with Pittsburgh all season, if he does use the – he was actually one of the pitchers that did better in the second half last year using his sinker. So, you know, I needed I needed a second pitcher with upside. So Archer kind of represented that to me, and I was looking to get 200 strikeouts. Um, both of my pitchers are high risk, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, my offense is good enough that I shouldn't have to spend too much money barring injury in season on waivers. So I'm going to be streaming pitchers and you can see, I did that in the reserve round. I really targeted pitchers and second closers for guys that are just kind of waiting for jobs so they can hopefully get in there after a month or two. Now, one of the worst things about doing drafts a little early is the potential for injury at the same time you can get bargains. So I see a lot of people say, Oh, why do you draft early? Guys can get hurt, but I kind of see the other side of it where you can get value. Uh, You receive some not bad news, but, discouraging news with Andrew Heaney over the last couple of days as you took him in round nine. So I guess at this point you just have your fingers crossed hoping that he can be ready for opening day. I do, and I've drafted enough with Zola to know that Heaney's one of his guys too. So if I didn't take Heaney there, who I think if the elbow holds up could give me, you know, he had a hundred, he had maybe the quietest 180 strikeouts last year. So um, I was looking to build on that and his nasty curveball. So I'm, I'm praying that everything holds up with that elbow. But, again, that definitely changed my approach in the reserve rounds where I tried to get either bounce-back pitchers or guys like Chase Anderson that I know can log innings on winning teams and hopefully give me some runs without wrecking my ratios. Yeah, I think he also had the quietest 180 innings as well. I think if you ask most people how many innings did Heaney throw last year, I don't think anyone would say 180. So uh, he was pretty durable last year. Uh, round 10, you got Andrew McCutcheon, who I think is a, a little bit of a value. I mean, he might – I'm interested to see if his price bounces up now because everyone is excited about Philly with Harper coming there. We know how such a good lineup it is. But, you know, people forget McCutcheon was in San Francisco, one of the worst parks last year. Yeah, and, you know, he didn't shine with the Yankees, but you see in the second half his hard hit rate spiked. I think it was the highest one of his career. Um, so – you know, if if Andrew McCutcheon gives me 25 home runs and he steals 12 bases, then he's exactly what I needed at that point in the draft. You know, with everybody chasing steals, 
Um, you know, you and I have spoken about trying to layer it in your lineup, and he's just another person, you know. Even Rendon and Shaw, you know, they'll steal five to seven bases, but those are those are important in fantasy, having those guys that give you that number, and if somebody for, surprises you and jumps up to 10, then it's a bonus, you know. McCutcheon stole 14 last year, so, hey, I'll, I'll take that. Around 11, Cesar Hernandez, and I guess the big question now is where is he going to hit in the lineup? Obviously, if they do put him leadoff, that's just a, a tremendous boost for his fantasy value. If he hits eighth, could hurt a little bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on Hernandez? Well, yeah, that's you know that was before the Harper thing, so you know I don't mind having parts of that Phillies offense because they're going to score runs. Maybe Kapler would put the pitcher eighth and let Cesar hit ninth if he if he pigeonholed him down there. I think his OBP. Um, could keep them near the top. If you go Hernandez, Shigura, and then get into all those big bats, I think that would flow well for the Phillies. So obviously hitting first would be much better for runs than those other counting stats. But if he hits down near the bottom, he might steal more bases. So, you know, you sacrifice one for the other in that situation. But I think the Phillies will score enough runs that will keep him um, fantasy viable. You also selected Jose Quintana, who had been one of the more consistent pitchers in baseball for a while. Uh, but really struggled last year. Uh, what do you see that can uh, have him bounce back and be a respectable starter this season? Uh, the velocity rebounded a bit in the second half, and I think, you know, moving over there, kind of he had to adjust a little bit. You know, you don't want to overrate these things, but when guys switch leagues and they have new catchers, you know, it kind of gets them out of whatever. Um, you know, he's somebody that can log innings. He's on a team, the Cubs, that wants to win, so wins could come his way. So, um, that was kind of the basis there. Same thing. I just wanted, I, I needed somebody solid that I knew could hopefully out, you know, out distance his projections, but somebody that's somewhat reliable. And that's what I was looking for there to balance the, uh, you know, to balance Archer and Sale because they can be volatile. So I'll get a Greg Jewett from Fantasy Alarm about his great fantasy baseball invitational league. Hunter Renfro in round 14, we saw a big power spike from him last year over the last couple months. Obviously, the Padres' outfield is crowded. you feel that Renfro will have the opportunity to play every day in this outfield? At least to start, you know, Reyes has options left where they can put him back into AAA. I know Fran Meal is everybody's favorite. I mean, he's getting hyped everywhere. There's no, there's no more sleepers in, the, in fantasy baseball anymore. Um, and, you know, I wrote up Reyes for uh, Rotographs in, in one of the half-season hero columns. But, you know, Renfro's power, I think it's a little bit underrated. If there's somebody that could come out of nowhere this year and hit 40 home runs, uh, it, it could be Renfro. I mean, his second-half surge was something to behold. And, and, again, it kind of flew under the radar because it was the Padres. Um, as everybody keeps talking about, Fernando, nobody wants to talk about Renfro. But I think, um, you know, 260 and 30 home runs as well within his reach. And in the 14th round, I'll take that. I'll, at least I'll take a chance for it. Steven Matz, you took him in round 17. I almost took him in mine. I probably should have looking back on it. Obviously, we know there's some injury risk, but Matz has the ability to put up some solid numbers uh, for a round 17 pick. Yep, and at that point, I was looking for guys that, you know, I could play matchups with, or if he gets hot, I would ride him, you know. You know, being a Mets fan, you know, Mets pitched much better in the second half last year. Things seemed to kind of come together a little bit for him. So, you know, Spore wrote him up a little bit on fan grab, so that kind of led me that direction. There was a couple other guys I was looking at. They got plucked off before him, but same thing. I, I wanted to get somebody that could hopefully give me 150 innings with upside, and Mets fit the bill. What was the player? You said you got sniped a lot, but what was the one player that really uh, burns you that you really wanted? 
Uh, I was one pick away from Robles. I really wanted to pair him with Kane. I really think that would have uh, galvanized my outfield. And, and, you know, I'm close to the target that I had on stolen bases. And, and we've talked about Adam Frazier before. He was my utility guy. I like that he can do second base and outfield. And I took him when the news broke about Cesar's hip being a little bit sore. So I wanted to have a backup just in case. Um, so, you know, the, the, there is some late speed, but I, I was really hoping to get Robles in there because I think he could have a really good, a good season this year with the Nationals. You also took a lot of shot on potential clovers, uh, clovers, Trevor Rosenthal, Sergio Romer, Ty Buttrey, Adam Conley. Because the draft is early, was that you thought, hey, let me take a shot and maybe potentially one or two of these guys close before the season starts and I don't have to pay fab? Was that the reasoning there? Yes, um, especially with the fact that um, I got caught on the wrong end of all the closer runs. I should have started the one. But, again, you know, it's so hard to pass up a good veteran bat or somebody that I, I have – a real firm idea of what I wanted to do. I really liked the Kirby Yates, uh, Kirby Yates and Jose Leclerc range, but those guys went off the board before I could get a chance to add them. I think one of those two would have been a perfect compliment to Kenley Jansen. But, um, yeah, so, so you know, Kenley, I know what I'm getting. And then I want to get a bunch of guys. You know, I don't have a lot of faith in Cody Allen, so I took Buttery um, and, and people that way. I, I You know, I'm not a big second rider guy, so having Romo and Conley, Conley was reported throwing five miles per hour harder than last year, so why not? All right, that is Greg Jewett. Find him at FantasyAlarm.com. When I return, we'll wrap up the show looking at the night in the NBA DFS. That's ahead here, Scout Fantasy Sports. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here it is Scout Fantasy Sports. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. We've got you covered on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network with live programming from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern every weekday. Coming up next from 4 to 7 p.m., it's Game Time Decisions with Gabe Morency and Cam Stewart. At 7 p.m., it's NBA Takeaways with Chris Welsh and Scott Bogman. At 7.30 p.m., it's the FNTSY News Desk with Dan Strafford. From 8 p.m. to 11 p.m., it's Calling the Shots with Keith Irizarry. And tomorrow morning, bright and early, it's Make It Rain with Joe Ranieri and Dane Martinez from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. From 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., it's The Morning After with Gabe Morency and Joe Ranieri. From 12 to 2 p.m., it's the Fantasy BFFs with Greg Sussman and Frank Stample. And Doc and I will be right back here with you on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network tomorrow from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. You can also check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Finished number two in the Fantasy Pros Accuracy Rankings for 2018. So if you want to get access to my rankings, head on over to scoutfantasysports.com. They are updated in real time. And use the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months. Also, my preseason pro picks were published today. It's a sleeper for each league, a bust offensively for each league, a pitching sleeper and a pitching bust for each league, as well as a stash and cash player for each league. So you can get access to those picks right now, in addition to a ton of articles that I have provided for the draft kit, including a look at players changing teams, what it means for their free agency, uh, their, their fantasy value, 
breakouts, busts, and a ton more. Uh, Sean Childs has his in-depth team outlooks, and you can ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want as well. We can get you money on ScoutDFS.com. Some uh, big winners over the last couple weeks. Uh, you can get access to the optimizers, which update immediately as news hits, especially in the NBA. Uh, and Slack chat leading up to lineup lock with the last-minute advice and the news that you need. And VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. So plenty of ways to make money with the Scout Fantasy Sports family. Let's take a look at the night in the NBA tonight. We got seven games uh, on the slate for tonight. Kicking it off, and we got a little extra time today because the first game is 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Atlanta is at Miami. Vegas totals 225, and the Heat are favored by eight. Hawks played uh, last uh, couple of days ago. I think it was Friday, an amazing four-overtime game. So if you had access to that game that night, you probably won some money, and it was a game that uh, very appealing for fantasy. For the Hawks, Torian Prince is out uh, John Collins is questionable, so that's something to pay attention to. They are playing back-to-backs and also the third game in four nights, including that four-overtime game, so uh, something to keep an eye on there. Although Trey Young was ejected early yesterday, getting a technical foul for showboating uh, with Chris Dunn. Uh, definitely overreaction now. Trey Young's been on a tear, but the price has gone up. 93 on DK, 92 on Fandle, so you really got to pay up for him. And this should be more of a slow-paced game here against the Heat. They do not play at a fast pace. Uh, and they've been pretty good defensively lately as well. And uh, they have uh, the lowest implied total on the board. So probably not paying up for Trey Young tonight. Uh, he obviously has been really good. I think the price on Yahoo is probably more affordable, so I might think about him there. Uh Kevin Huter, I think, is also listed as questionable. So going to have to wait to see how this play out plays out. Uh, Omari Spellman has been ruled out, so that's good for Dwayne Dedman and Alex Len. Alex Len has had two big games in a row. He is probable. So he's in play, especially if John Collins is out. Uh, and I think you could also look at DeAndre Bembry uh, as well. He's 3500 on DK, so there's a cheap play to save some money. And even uh, Bazemore could be in play. But, again, we got to wait to see if John Collins plays. That's the big news there for Atlanta tonight. For the Heat, Hassan Whiteside is, is questionable. Goran Dragic is questionable. So that's pretty important as well. Heat are uh, right there competing for a playoff spot as they have been playing pretty well lately. And uh, they are uh, right behind the Magic, who had a bad loss yesterday to Cleveland. So on this side, I mean – Again, we have to wait. Like, if Hassan Whiteside's out, we go back to Bam out of bio. I know the price has gone up, but he's 56 on DK, 55 on Fanduel. He's been playing well. Same thing, Kelly Olynyk's been playing well, 53 on DK, 56 on Fanduel. So, I think if Whiteside's out there in play, if Dragic is out, of course, uh, Justice Winslow comes into play, 57 on DK, 65 on Fanduel. And also, Dwayne Wade uh, has played pretty well. He's only 5,000 on DK, 62 on Fanduel. So, I think for those... We're kind of waiting on uh, some of the the news there uh, with uh, those players. Uh, so uh, we'll keep an eye on those. And we should get it before lineup lock, obviously, because it's the first game at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. So just pay attention to the news. Uh, and, of course, the optimizer, when you hit refresh, whatever news breaks, will give you an update on a suggestion on what you should do. Brooklyn is at home to host the Dallas Mavericks, also at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. The Vegas totals 226. Nets are favored by five. 
Mavericks uh, do not have any injuries in this game. Luka Doncic obviously has been playing very well, but it's pretty, pretty expensive. So uh, you can use him in tournaments. I wouldn't use him in cash games because uh, the price has gone up. 91 on DK, 98 on FanDuel. Dwight Powell's in a good spot here. We know we like to play our big men against the Nets, and Powell has been getting more minutes lately. So he's been averaging about 32, 33 minutes over the last few games. 52 on DK, 63 on Fandle. So I think he's in play. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki's also been playing more lately. They've been playing more minutes. He started the last four games and played at least 22 minutes in each game. He's 32 on DK, so there's another way to kind of save some money uh, if you're in a spot. And against the Nets, he should be able to return that value. For the Nets, uh, the problem is, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie's back. I said it's a very crowded rotation right now. I really don't want to play anyone here because they just are so deep right now. Uh, They do have a high total, and I think they should win this game, and they need this win uh, with a couple losses recently, so... You know, the the one guy that I do like is D'Angelo Russell, but I don't think I'm going to play him. You know, I talked about him uh, being low-owned in tournaments and playing him a lot, but I haven't the last couple games, not with them healthy. I mean, he's eight on DK. It's not terrible, but I, I, I'm really not playing anyone from the Nets right now with the way this rotation is. Uh, it's just too unpredictable, and uh, they could go with the hot hand, and the minutes are just not uh, – we can't count on big minutes from any particular player right now. So uh, I'm not going to play anyone there. The Nuggets are in San Antonio to take on the Spurs. 8.30 p.m. Eastern Spurs favored by one. Vegas totals 227.5. Nuggets are pretty healthy outside of Trey Lyles, who continues to be out. So uh, there's a lot going on here for Denver because Isaiah Thomas is back. Gary Harris is getting healthy. They got Malik Beasley, Monte Morris. So this is a team that is very deep right now. Um, even Will Barton starting to play better. He looks healthy. Uh, he's been playing 30-plus minutes. Paul Millsap was playing well. He struggled recently. Nikola Jokic always in play for tournaments. 10-3 DK, 11-2 on Fandle. I always like to have at least um, one share of him if I put in multiple lineups. Uh, but anyone else on the Nuggets, it's tough to play at this point. Will Barton, 56 on DK, maybe, but... It's really tough to rely on. It's uh, just a lot of depth for this team right now. So uh, not really looking at much uh, on that team. For the Spurs, Brent Forbes is probable. Uh, Spurs, uh, DeMar DeRozan, Marcus Aldridge are okay. More so in tournaments, I wouldn't use them in cash. We've seen Rudy Gay go to the bench recently. That's opened it up for Jacob Poletto, who has started the last two games. He's played 30 minutes over the last two and he's 41 on DK, 53 on Fandle. So certainly I think you can uh, get some exposure to him tonight because if, if he's in the starting lineup, and I think he should remain in the starting lineup, but uh, it seems like they like what, uh, how that lineup looks with uh, Rudy Gay coming off the bench. So can't use him anymore. So it's pretty much uh, you know Aldridge in tournaments, although it's not the best matchup. Uh, DeRozan, you know, not the best matchup either. So probably not looking at those two, but Poetel and uh, and that's about it for the Spurs tonight. The Pelicans are in Utah to take on the Jazz, who are playing very well lately. Uh, Jazz favored by 10, Vegas totals 229. Anthony Davis is questionable with an illness. Antoine Moore is probable. So uh, who knows? Uh, they might sit Anthony Davis at this point. Uh, you can't play him anyway. 
even though his price is way down, 67 on DK and 76 on FanDuel. Obviously, if Davis is out, check Diallo's in play. Uh, we've seen him put up some big numbers, even in limited minutes, so you could consider him. I've been playing a lot of Julius Randle lately, too, especially on Yahoo. Uh, if Davis is out, then obviously that will give him more minutes. So I think you could uh, consider him. And uh, Alfred Payton uh, as well, 57 on DK, 65 on Fandle. He's been playing well over 30 minutes lately and uh, has a pretty good matchup here as the Jazz have kind of struggled against the point guard position for the Jazz. Raul Nato and Dante Exum remain out. Uh, I think Rudy Gobert is in a nice bounce-back spot. Uh, Pelicans are not very good, and especially if Anthony Davis is out. I think you can get Gobert at possibly low ownership tonight. Uh, he's 79 on DK, so obviously much better there. He's 10-3 on FanDuel. I don't think I, I wouldn't pay up for him on FanDuel, but I would use him on DK. I mean, you could use him as a tournament in D, on FanDuel if you have the money. Uh, we'll see if that uh, if the slate opens up some value tonight uh, later on, uh, as it always uh, seems to have. Uh, Derek Favors has played very well, and I think a lot of people will probably go to him tonight. And I'm okay with it. More on DK, 58 on DK, 7 on Fandle. I don't think you have to go in, but we know people chase stats. Uh, I think Joe Ingles is in play. He's 5,500 on DK, 67 on Fandle. And uh, Donovan Mitchell has been smashing lately, but 93 on Fandle, 83 on DK. A couple of those games came, uh, obviously, when uh, Ricky Rubio was out. Jay Crowder is someone cheap, too, that you can use in tournaments. 42 on DK, 53 on Fandle. So uh, it's a matter of how long this game stays competitive, but a lot of the Jazz players should be able to put up numbers tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks are in Phoenix to take on the Suns. Milwaukee's favored by 12. Vegas totals 233.5. Uh, the Bucks, uh, Ursan Ilya Silver is questionable. George Hill is out. I could see another Bucks player resting. I think I did see news that Bledsoe is going to play tonight. Uh, we've seen Malcolm Brogdon sit out recently. Giannis, his limit, uh, minutes have been limited a little bit. At times, I would not play him tonight because this could be a blowout, and this is a good game where they can limit him. So he's expensive, 11-5 in DK, 12-2 on Fandle. So for me, Giannis is risky tonight, which, again, means you could probably get him low-owned in a tournament, but I just I don't think he plays a, a full allotment of minutes tonight. If they have any opportunity to sit him late in this game, I think they do. So uh, for me, that's uh, going to be a problem. Brooke Lopez has been playing very well. I think he's in play, 55 on DK, 63 on FanDuel. And, uh, again, pay attention. I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone sat here for the Bucks tonight because this should be a spot where they should be able to control and win this game against Phoenix. TJ Warren is still out for Phoenix. Uh, and you're just worried about the blowout here. It's a tough matchup. I, it's really going to be difficult for me to play any Suns player tonight. Uh, maybe Devin Booker in tournaments, Kelly Oubre, but not. I really don't think I'm going to have any exposure to the Suns tonight. Just worry that this game could get out of hand. So not looking at any Suns players uh, for my lineups tonight. We got the Knicks in Sacramento to take on the Kings. Sacramento favored by 11. Vegas total is 231. Knicks got smashed yesterday by the Clippers. Uh, and DeAndre Jordan is listed as questionable. So the Knicks have played pretty well lately. They had a couple of wins. But, man, this is a spot where I think they get buried. So uh, the Knicks rotation, as we have mentioned many, many times, very difficult to predict. You know, they all average like 25 to 30 minutes. One day it's Dotson. One day it's Trier. It's a mess. I mean, the only guy that I really like is Mitchell Robinson in tournaments because 
of the block shot. So he plays very well on a site like FanDuel and Yahoo where they uh, give you more uh, points for that. His price has definitely gone up, 64 in DK, 71 in FanDuel, uh, but he certainly is capable of blowing up. And uh, I guess uh, Damian Dotson would be the other guy, 45 in DK, 48 in FanDuel. But just don't force any Knicks into your lineup. I guess it's a case of, okay, I have money left. Uh, who fits in? All right, they have a pretty good matchup. But Knicks are a team that you have to be very careful of right now. For the Kings, Marvin Bagley is out, and that sucks. He's been playing so well. He's been tearing it up. But Kings obviously are in a spot to smash tonight. They And they are now um, out of the AC by three games. So they need this game tonight, and it's a great matchup. Kings have uh, one of the highest implied totals on the board. So really like uh, a lot of the Kings tonight. And uh, they have been playing a lot of their starters and tighten up their rotation uh, lately. I think De'Aaron Fox is in a good spot tonight, 75 in DK, 84 in Fado. But Heal's always capable of blowing up. Bogdan Bogdanovic, he disappointed me last week in a game in a good spot against, the, I think it was the Clipper game. But uh, he should smash tonight, 56 on DK, 68 on FanDuel. Willie Cauley-Stein, 58 on DK, 61 on FanDuel. And in tournaments, I would look at Harry Giles, 41 on DK. He did play about, he's, he hasn't reached the 20-minute mark yet, but he's been productive. And especially if this game is a blowout. Uh, he could get more minutes, so I definitely would consider him uh, as well. Clippers are in L.A. Well, uh, their home court, uh, but the Lakers are home tonight. Lakers and Clippers, 10.30 p.m. Eastern. Vegas total, 237. Lakers favored by four. Lakers are just a mess. I mean, losing to the Suns the other day, they were in control against the Bucks. They let that one slip. Fine, it's the Bucks. They're a good team. But losing to the Suns, that was disastrous. So Lakers really need a win badly here. So... A lot of Clippers in good spots tonight. Lakers are terrible defensively. Patrick Beverly, uh, Lou Williams, uh, Gilgius Alexander's been playing well at least. 39 on DK. Uh, so, you know, he's been playing 30-plus minutes the last two games. Um, and, you know, on FanDuel, he's 43, and, you know, you could drop the lowest score. DK on 39, like that price. He's in a really good spot tonight. Uh, Lou Williams should smash uh, against the Lakers tonight. Uh, like him. Uh, he is 68 on DK, 74 on FanDuel. So pretty much uh, anyone who plays. Zubak, it's a revenge game for him. The problem is he's not been playing big minutes, but the Lakers are terrible against centers. So uh, not the worst option if you play multiple tournament lineups. For the Lakers, I mean, LeBron James, as bad as things have been, he's still putting up big numbers. Uh, and this is a huge game for them tonight. If they lose this, uh, that, that could be it for them. Uh, especially with the way they have played. But LeBron James has played very well. And if you're going to spend up on anyone tonight, I think it's him. 11-2 on DK, 12-4 on FanDuel. Brandon Ingram's been playing well, 66 on DK, 8 on FanDuel. Rondo's very hit or miss, uh, but, you know, he should play big minutes tonight. 55 on DK, 61 on FanDuel. So a lot of people used him over the weekend, and he sucked. But uh, this is a big game tonight, and it should be fast-paced. So, that puts him in a good spot. And uh, I guess the other guy that I would consider for the Lakers is Kyle Kuzma. But I think this is a game uh, that will be very fast-paced, and I think a lot of people attack. So it uh, should be a good slate tonight, uh, some interesting spots uh, that you can pick on. And, uh, again, just pay attention to all the last-minute news because I'm sure there will be a last-minute scratch. That's a surprise. That opens up value. It seems to happen on a daily basis in the NBA right now. You can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Again, my preseason pro picks are up, as well as my rankings. Use the promo code BATS50. That gets you 50% off your first two months. You can ask your questions on the message boards and forums anytime you want. 
That wraps it up here. I'll be back Tuesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern with Dr. Roto. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.